Cheers. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the We Only Do One Take Podcast. It's the only podcast in the world that is a complete shit show. I am Turgy with, with me. is my co-host, the CEO, the man that is both country and Western. It's Kieran. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm doing very well. Thank you for the applause. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's great to be here for a special... We only do one take podcast. Very true, very true. We're doing Show a, a music special, which we've—I don't think we've ever done because you have no idea about. I've got no—I've got no idea unless it's country or western. I've got no idea. <laughs> That's right. I, I'm today, out of my element. Our special guest today is only known as the librarian, music historian, mm-hmm. music, Libby. Libby for short. Libby for short. Yeah. The librarian. Welcome to the show. Yay. <laughs> Big round of applause. Big round of applause. Thanks for having me. I've never done a podcast before. Really? No, nah, never. You've never been on this show before? No. Nah. I was, oh, was invited. No, nah, this is it. This well, well, congratulations. Bursting that, uh, popping that cherry. Just That's like right. the cherry popping daddy. I'm glad because pre-show you were quite amazed at actually how much I do as a CEO of this podcast. Well, yeah, you set up a microphone. <laughs> you, you've got a laptop open. I just thought you turned up, handwritten talked and notes. Out. Yeah, handwritten notes. Notes on the phone. Well, you know what? Yeah, Out of all the people this week, I didn't give Kieran homework. You gave Kieran homework this week. Hence the librarian name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, for our very special music episode, which we'll get to very soon. But being in a music special, I thought to myself, why not bring in some stuff that annoys me about music? And now I am a guitarist i've been playing for a long time the librarian is also a guitarist and other various instruments or mostly string yeah yeah you know all that sort of fun stuff but i've got something that really annoys me and that this is where a cross i tried to do the crossover kieran Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to something that you also enjoy (laughs) and also know about and Uh that is movies formula one formula one Yeah, you know movies. I I do know, and movies. you know uh, yeah. classic movies. I do know classic movies. In fact, I watched The Castle the other night. By the other <laughs> night, I mean three nights ago. <laughs> and what a great classic movie that is! is that, didn't we record three nights ago? <laughs> you went home and watched it <laughs> and watched it. That's right. Uh, what a great film! It is a classic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No Americans will know what that is. Just <laughs> just like the three Australians who still know what what that film is. Yeah, is Rob about. Rob Sitch. Uh, directed the castle. Oh, I always pick up something that I didn't know <laughs> every time I watch it. It's on the box, on the front of the box. <laughs> Never seen it before. Um, what else did he do? Oh, well, he's done Utopia. He's done the Hello Men. He's done Frontline. In- have you seen Frontline? No. Oh, oh no. Okay, because because Blaine says I'm the Mike Moore of this podcast. Right. Which you have to have seen Frontline to get that joke. Uh, see, I don't get it either. But yeah. apparently, someone else said that was true. So. Yeah, yeah. You no, now you got to watch Frontline. Oh, too much effort. Why do you give me so? I've already done enough homework for this show. Uh huh. <laughs> it's been two shows in two days. Now you'll enjoy Frontline as a as oh. a as a viewing experience. But that's not music. We're here to talk about music. Yeah, I, about music. I don't know. I kind of want to talk films. about films. We're talking about. <laughs> can we, talking about can we change the special? We can. We can do both. In fact, I think you're going to agree with me on this. A lot of films from the 80s are now being remade. Mm, it's terrible. And th- there's a certain charm about the music of the 80s or the, the original theme tunes of... Of the 80s and, and how they filmed the movies back in the 80s. Exactly right, but especially the music. Like John Williams, one of the greatest... Um, Not to be confused with John Williamson, uh, very who is an Australian music composer. Very true. Yeah. 
But one of the things that he was really good at was putting together a piece of music that really emoted the film that he was doing. And same for, uh, I'll use another example, the Ghostbusters theme. Oh, yeah. Really, yeah. you know, Ray J. Parker Jr. Yeah. Is that his name? Ray Parker Jr. or Ray something like that? I don't think there's a J. I don't think there is a J. Ray really? Parker Jr. <laughs> uh, accurately captured the 1980s essence of this sci-fi comedy film about trash men catching ghosts yeah right but they remake these films in the 2000s and mm. they think to themselves we have to modernize we have to modernize and i put these into two different categories of modern reinterpretations in quotes mm-hmm. of classic movie themes and that is the uh lame piano Solo uh, piano version uh, uh, uh-huh. of classic themes, yeah, or dubstep, yeah, version. And I'm going to give you an example of both here. So this is the new Star Wars or the Star Wars theme, yeah, but rearranged for the Force Awakens when it came out. Here we go. So I already hate this. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> one note. <laughs> so they're trying to go for their more of that silence. Anticipation. Yeah. See, already, Church, if I was in the cinema, already I'm thinking about what am I going to order? Because I'm probably in gold yeah. class. And have I got adequate liquor and food on its way? See, but... I've already I, tuned I, it. I've already, already tuned feel, out. I already feel that this could be any crappy B film. Mm-hmm. And some the guy that paid fifty bucks to cl- clink and clank on the pianos, or some crappy horror film. This doesn't feel like Star Wars. Oh, but listen to that climax now. Tommy Wiseau's just entered the room. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's what. I'm <laughs> He's about to hop into bed. <laughs> and then the, the romance on. Yeah, yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Got to me. I don't know that it's Star Wars. Yeah. Even now, it's still not Star Wars because the way John Williams arranges his music. I don't know about you, but I can't hear you over this music. (laughs) (laughs) See, it's not the same. There's no... There's no... I mean, the whole thing with Star Wars is that you're meant to, you you know, get your, your, your... What is it called? The, um... The text on the screen, yeah, with the music, and you're setting yourself up. And then they get a star wipe. You got to get the star wipe. The star wipe. Yeah. See, it's not the same. It's like they're, they're really trying to capture and, and emote the same feelings that those first, even the prequels. Mm. You know, but they're just not cap. They because of the crappy slow piano in mm-hmm. the introduction. Into do we have this, a 1980s version of this? I, no, I didn't bring it in. Okay, yeah, because well, we'll we all it. know what it sounds like. Everyone in their head can listen to it in their brain. It's yeah. engraved in your brain. Yeah, right. So let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum. Uh huh. Right, where the Ghostbusters. Now, the original Ghostbusters theme, everyone knows it. Poppy, fun, 80s. You know, Ray uh, Ray Parker Jr. still making royalties off the off the whole thing. Fantastic. You need to song. stop saying call? Ray J. So you need that. to stop saying Ray J, Parker. I know, I keep saying... Uh, <laughs> uh, Joey, Jojo. <laughs> LL Cool J really, really made his money on this one. So this one here has the combination of both 
the crappy intro slow piano and what I was talking about before the 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 modern uh-huh dubstep I've listened to this Now this is the female version is this it This is the female yeah, version yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is not the feeling of Ghostbusters. God, pianos must be in right now. I don't think pianos ever left. Adele sort of brings it back every <laughs> couple of years. Does this feel like Ghostbusters? Okay, my question is, music directors, how high are they on the prestige? <laughs> what, what would you consider a music director? It, I, I guess it depends on the quality. Out of all the things in, the, in Hollywood, I would say the music director is really based on the quality, not the quantity, but the quality of their work. Because, um, what's that? Danny Elfman at one stage was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. he's... Like you put his name on a poster and everyone's like, well, I don't want to, I don't, that's not good. Right. Right. Whereas John Williams still has that prestige. Yes. You know? Yes. I always wanted to be a music director when I was a kid. Right. Please yeah. tell me how you were <laughs> aimed to do that. Is this, is As this a co- person who quit coinc- piano in grade two. <laughs> is this coincides with your th- idea of if I'm ever in hospital, I will learn guitar. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same, same uh, line of thinking across the board. If I am ever in hospital, yeah. please get me a guitar. Well, I'm and, also no, no. I'm going to come there and some lessons. And go, you're a useless friend. <laughs> Tell the doctor I'm the doctor now, <laughs> and complain about the type of coffee that's there. Or just bring me KFC or McDonald's. <laughs> that's all I want. And and alcohol. Bring yeah. alcohol. I'm sure they'd allow that in the hospital. <laughs> Why not? I said I'm sure they would. Oh yeah, I think I think. Get so. closer to the mic, their library. Oh, sorry. Get nice and close. There we yeah. Go. I told you I've never done this before. No, no, that's why I'm, that's why I'm, I'm helping you out. I'm helping you out. Anyway, so I think that maybe I'm sick of reboots as well, mm-hmm. but I think what they're doing with the music of these. See, movies, see, I am sick of reboots, but I remember being a kid and watching Starsky and Hutch, the reboot, mm-hmm. and I loved that film. And then I went back and watched the original, and I was like, the original sucks. <laughs> Whereas I'm sure if I was alive when the original came out, how great would the original be? That's the and, thing. And how annoying would start the new Starsky and Hutch be? When you watched the new Starsky and Hutch, did you know it was a reboot? No. Well, there you go. Yeah. You've I got it from a clean slate. Like, yeah. Oh, that I'm sure you probably watched the original, like the the new trilogy of Star Wars first, and then watched the, the old ones. ones. Yeah. 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 But you still go. The old ones are better. I don't really remember the new ones. Right. Um. I don't really remember Star Wars at all. <laughs> the leg room was Spider- no good when you saw it. <laughs> this is the Spider-Man thing um, all over again. But I am going to go see Spider-Man. It's coming out. Yeah. There will be a review. Yeah. Do you want to come see Spider-Man with me? No. Are you taking my brother? I thought you were taking my yeah, brother. Yeah, I am taking day. your brother. Okay. I'm taking as many people that <laughs> wants to come and see Spider-Man with me. I'm going to teach them how to do the movies. You should film it. <laughs> Set up a podcast yeah. in the theatre. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Right. I've got a more music rants. Oh, good. Go I've, I've got plenty of, plenty of material here. Uh, TikTok is really showing people... TikTok is 
really destroying the world of music. Yeah. Right. What, what did, did you know that musicians are changing the their technology is changing the way musicians write and record music of because they need the catchy the catchy tune yeah the catchy tune or whatever it is what's the verse the the chorus the whatever it's that a is hook. the hook, a hook. Mm-hmm. yeah more hooks is is now 15 seconds into the song of where, course. whereas it used to be something like 30 45 well, seconds well that's what tiktok is doing so yeah. people use like you know dancing to tiktok songs and all that sort of stuff uh-huh. they need 10 seconds to 15 seconds of footage before and then that retention sort of drops up like you just said but also it's creating crea- I'm not putting quotes creating music stars simply because millions of people like the video and because there's no real distinction between what's good and what's bad it's mm. just about being seen yes really terrible acts across the board are being into like the music industry which is a dying industry because of independent and all that sort of stuff are just going hey we could just take these people, give them a record contract. This people, these people get 20, 30, 50, 100 million views on their videos. Or well, that means at least 10% will buy their record. Why don't we just... Do people still buy records? Well, we're just two of us here. Mm, yes. <laughs> see, see, I walk into JB Hi-Fi and I'm just amazed at A, they still sell CDs and records. Records, I think records... It's a vinyl are... revival. Yeah. Vinyl's okay. big. Um, records are nice. CDs, maybe not so much. Yeah. Because the joy of getting a CD, like, from the library, <laughs> um, you take it home, you burn it, it's yours forever. You've mm. done it illegally, but you've still done it. Mm-hmm. Now, everything's on Spotify now, so there's no need. Mm. Yeah. And you're not going to get those scratches halfway through a song that you can anticipate every time you listen to it. <laughs> there's a bit of magic to that. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, and then you find out that it wasn't supposed to be no, there the whole time skip. when you that's um, that's first streamed it. Though, yeah. That's, that's a bit, that's a bit. I can even play that bit on guitar. Like, that's how I learned it. Uh, so, have you heard, guys heard of these guys called Fly Soldier and Codlila uh, Correct? Do I look like the kind of person no. that would have heard of them? They're two rappers. Uh-huh. And I put these in quotes quite a bit because these two guys here from like two 50-second, one-minute videos have now got a record deal and being a pushed by a publisher mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff and record label and are making money off their rapping. Now, I brought an example in. Yeah, okay. Right? Here we go. Because I'm an island boy and I've been trying to... This is real. Oh, I'm an island boy. I'm a just island boy. I'm a just find the, find the time boy. signature. I'm a get keep going. You're gonna keep that going. I'll be just staring at the sign. I'm just out full game. I can't count that. <laughs> I'm staying. They're like, you wanna be famous? I'm trying to be out all greatest. I'm a float all boy. I got a real damn topic. I'm like dumb on the topic. I'm an island boy. Put my vest on, yeah. Like a wild one man trying to make it to the top. I'm an island boy. I've been Amazing. If if uh, if people turned up to your office dressed like that and talking like that, Kieran, which special bu- what number special bus would you put them on? They would be admitted very quickly. <laughs> 
Well, I don't know. Notes. Like the, the, the field recording <laughs> element is very interesting. Hey, you've got the aquatic sounds. They're probably not supposed to be there. It's all for the looks. It's all for the looks. But you've just got that calming wave, wave. of two topless guys in a swimming pool. <laughs> Pretty with gay. a lot of tats, with pretty, a lot of tats and some weird hair. A lot of tats. Pretty well, gay, pretty gay. Um, so these guys got a record deal now. Yeah, and I, 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 I want to know how is it just a lot of girls are watching that and going. Basically, kinda, they're getting eye candy right now. I can't imagine. Even these these guys are like eighteen and twenty uh-huh. or whatever. I can't imagine many young girls being attracted to that. Could we ask some? We should. We should use a, a bit of a, a spot poll mm, mm. and find out. Maybe that's how that... Hey, excuse me, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> but the good news is the in, the YouTube has yeah. decided that they can help these boys ah, very become good. proper music stars. Ah, right. So here is a jazz lounge version that yeah. I, I found that someone put together exactly of this. He got the time signatures right. So here we go. So I'm very excited for their album. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's just like that turned into art. Yeah. Like the things you can do with that. And also, the concept of the one-minute pop song is not new. Like, you look at a band like The Residents, who released the commercial album, who had 40 songs that went for exactly one minute, one verse, one chorus, done. If you wanted to hear a three-minute pop song, you had to play it three times. <laughs> well, just play three songs. You get three minutes. Yeah. Or, or you can listen to one, three, one uh, two-minute and 55-second song by Wesley Willis. Well, that yeah, was the perfect, perfect time. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, yes. <laughs> so yeah, they've taken a, a, an experimental technique of um, time condensing like interpolation. Yeah, mm. like you've got one minute. It was deliberately one minute. Let's see what we can do within that one minute. It's going to be um, a one verse, one chorus structure. What can we do? We're doing it forty times, forty minutes, um, and now look what it's turned into. Is it? Do you really think this is the next level of? <laughs> of, of avant-garde music, of avant-garde uh, music. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's a very distinct difference there like this is the difference between a, a fanciful piece of art yeah. and a guy and my and my little brother when he was four years old painting on a on a canvas what 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 musicians and artists need to remember though is that you can't make um a cult following it's the audience that makes the cult following so if the right audience gets introduced to this kind of thing it could go anywhere no, oh, that's very, very philosophical. I don't think the audience is the same audience as the as the residences. They could be now. See, I feel, uh, I feel, I, in I a feel way, like I feel is... sorry for all the musicians today because there's just, they're competing with just so much. Whereas, you know, back in the 1970s, 60s, I think there was still a gluttony of of music out there. I just think that You're... history has left us with. The memory of the of what was the most popular, uh-huh. and a lot of recordings were lost to to time. Yeah, right. You know, or, or that great big fire that happened at Universal Music, mm. like when I brought in ages. Because I also wonder, like, uh, I I've been going back through Triple J's hottest one hundreds, <laughs> right? After a fall of the yeah, 
Yeah. But it's been really fascinating just sort of going, holy shit, these songs that were like the top 100 in 2003 wouldn't be like, it wouldn't be popular today. No. You can actually see the trend, like the, the music trend just change. The whole yeah. thing of Triple J and, it, and it takes, none of that stuff was popular. And it only really. takes a couple of years. Well, yeah, like was... a couple of years and you can see the, the, the change happen. Like bands like Klinger from What's Only Your North, around the corner from my place, were uh, placing higher than Madonna on the Triple J Hottest 100 at, at one stage. Like, but that's a feat. I really don't think Madonna's the Triple J crowd. Oh, well, she was. Apparently, well, apparently well, so not was, because she was at number 96 or something. Well, so, and, was, so was Taylor Swift, wasn't she? She was at the top of the board. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I think that's our success. If we can do the breakfast show yep. on Triple J... <laughs> I mean, I'm we, even higher. I want Triple M. I want those crappy we, advertisements. We well, I don't know. Be, like, we yeah. will be Me kicked off. Me and We could probably uh, get Triple M. Yeah, I don't well. think we'd get Triple J. <laughs> Some exclusivity. I've got one more. Uh-huh. Uh, I just don't like Dee Snyder. I don't know how you feel about Dee Snyder. He's I my think- hero. Sorry? He's my hero. He's really a hero. He's my hero. He's fantastic. Um, <laughs> um the, the 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 look, the hair, the um the, the theatricality <laughs> yeah. of everything, the attitude, the the I don't know. He's that... raping of underage women. He did, did he that? do that? Oh yeah, yeah. His girlfriend was like sixteen or fifteen when she. When yeah, but they all dating. did that. Yeah, but he's very out and loud about it. That's yeah, it. so was Elvis Presley. So was Jerry Lee Lewis. His wife yeah, was his thirteen-year-old cousin. We knew by then. <laughs> <laughs> and the, look, Elvis Presley and Jerry Lee Lewis were at the top of the field. <laughs> was Dee Snyder? Could you ever put him in this? Like, he's from the seventies, eighties. He's competing against. Like Van Halen, like Van Halen, I'd be like, yeah, but you're also the great greatest guitarist of a gener- of a generation. You know, this is Dee Snyder we're talking about. Yeah, He's, his band has one or two songs, three. When I'm gonna take it? What's the other one? <laughs> I want to rock. I want to rock. God, that's a terrible. <laughs> and then he still clings on to dear life when he was uh, talking to uh, Nancy Reagan's. Oh no, Tipper Gore. Tipper Gore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He still, she, he still brings that up to today. I'm like, you well, yeah. He did it. He, he tried to do a good thing. He tried. Well, in a way, it may have been a good thing because when you put that parental advisory sticker on a CD or a record, kids are gonna want to hear that. Yeah, they're gonna want to hear I still some swears. Feel like I've heard both the testimony done by the two people that were really there. One was Decider. The third one was meant to be the lead singer of Wasp. Oh really? He didn't oh, go. Oh okay. Because uh, at that time was the same thing of his uh, his his lead guitarist was uh oh what was that big film that came out about the hair metal scene? He was the guy drinking the vodka in uh, the pool. I don't know. Something of decadence it. or something. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and Frank Zappa was the other guy. Well, Jello Biafra was there as well, singer of Dead true. Kennedys, who um got in a bit of trouble for his album artwork at one stage. Oh, I'm but... going to compare the testimony of D Snyder yeah. and Frank Zappa. Uh-huh. Uh, D Snyder should not have rocked up. <laughs> Frank had had it in spades yeah. across the board. But he, D is still trying to push that Twisted Sister is worthwhile and <laughs> something like that. And he's still doing... And I don't think he's a very good singer, but he also has decided to take on board modern film lame piano 
Oh, okay. Um, he's taken the cinematic classical approach. Yeah, that's right. Great. And so what he's done is he's teamed up with Chris Angel <laughs> to, rec- yeah, to re-record okay. and do a video clip for We're Not Gonna Take It. Yes. Are you ready for this? It was a good yeah, video in the 80s. It. it better be good now. So this was in to fight cancer. Mm-hmm. So it's not we're fighting against the system anymore. It's we're not going to take it from cancer. Okay. Cancer is the number one cause of death by disease among children. I don't know if that's true. D says it is then. We've got the right to choose it. There ain't no way we'll lose it. This is our life. What? This is our song. <laughs> Why is he doing this to himself? We'll fight the powers that be just. Don't pick our destiny, cause you don't know us. You don't belong. He's kind of. Insinuating that cancer is a choice. Yeah, <laughs> it really is, isn't it? Or it's inflicted upon someone or deliberately. Yeah. Or I'm giving this to you. Well, I'm not going to take it. Oh no, it's not really. See, when you've got cancer, it's probably better to acknowledge it. Yeah. <laughs> and just. And going, okay, now what can I do within the confines of this? Yeah, we're yeah. going to beat it, not yeah. we're going <laughs> to... Yeah, we're going to beat it. Yeah. it, yeah. You know, maybe do something like, I'm going to re- redo your song, I Want to Rock, because that way it's like, yeah, we're going to rock and, you know, power through, not... It's about taking on kidney stones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is this is a, this got me through a And the great thing is about this video is that all the comments have obviously been curated, right? And all positive, saying uh. like, "Oh, this got me through my cancer." I'm like, "If this got you through your cancer, I don't think you had cancer." Like this is. So anyway, I don't like D. Snyder. <laughs> All right, I um just want to go back to the parental advisory. I'm just going to fill you with a fun fact here. Okay. <laughs> uh, librarian. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun. There's nothing more fun than facts. <laughs> yeah. The first known uh, in history of, you know, telling people that they can't do something so that they would do it goes back to the olden days of kings and queens when there was a famine. And they had a surplus of potatoes, but potatoes was not um, the, the the people in the town didn't thought that was for you know potatoes weren't great because they were grown in the ground, and so the king had a garden of potatoes just outside his palace walls, and he put guards around them, and then so people would come over and steal the potatoes, which he told the guards to let the people steal the potatoes so that they would eat the potatoes. 
Is this another Irish myth that your friends told you? <laughs> is this like Australians telling other people like we don't fuck spiders? Is a is a saying. Anyway, that that has very strong parallels to the parental advisory on records. Yeah, I thought it was like, hey, uh, you shouldn't get into that into that boat, black people from Africa. Oh, we're going to get in that boat. Uh, it, <laughs> yeah. That's how they actually got the slaves over. Yeah, pretty much. It was yeah, actually yeah. they consented. Is yeah. that what you're telling yeah, that's me? That's sort of, yeah. <laughs> basically, it's, just, it's parallels. It's, it's parallels, parallels. You know, parallels. It's, it's Marvo, it's the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to, um, um, since we're talking about music, I just wanted to play, um, have you guys got into beatboxing? <laughs> <laughs> what is this, 2002? <laughs> uh, yeah. I thought D- bringing in D. Snyder was going to be the <laughs> <laughs> part But here we go. We're into beatboxing now, are we, Kira? Yeah. Hang on, here we go. What's, what's the guy with an Australian Idol? And I was, yeah, I was trying to think of his name. I can't. Okay, <laughs> Joel Turner is the one. I think up. that's Very pretty good. cool that they can do that with their like, yeah, voice. You can do it too. Oh no! I I'll teach you how that. to do it. You know how, I to, know how to do you, it. Yeah, you know how to do they it. They say boots. Yeah. Mm? <laughs> no. Oh really? Really? Go boots. <laughs> no. I, I, last time you made me do one of these, I fell for it. <laughs> no, this is a good one. This is good. Boots. It actually works. Do boots. It. Boots. Mm? Mm. Cats. Cats. Mm? Boots and cats and fast as fast as you can. Boots and cats and yeah, yeah, but push the B. 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 Oh. Cats. Boots and cats. Boots and cats. See? Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, that's something. Yeah. Yeah, it's not cool. Sorry. It's something. It exists. It's exists. not cool. I'm trying to help you on your beatboxing <laughs> career. <laughs> right up there with your another music career when you're in hospital. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm going to bring you. I'm going to bring you uh, a thing that says boots and cats. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. You got six weeks. So what's your point? No, I just think that. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> Are you asking me if I've been beatboxing? <laughs> Make me listen to beatboxing and then just... <laughs> I was just ending you the whole I was through. hoping for a punchline. It never came. <laughs> oh. uh, sometimes they don't. Oh. Well, that, that's... Uh, well, look. Have you got any, you got any music news or anything like no, that? I've got... I've got otherwise, uh, we've got a very special bit. To I, th- I think let's move on to the bit. Fantastic. Well, the librarian, encyclopedic knowledge mm-hmm, of music, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. including all the albums by artists. I like being with the librarian when it's a, a quiz time. That's and right. the round is music, because I don't have to do anything. That's true. I don't know. You're talking me up. I didn't know who Joel Turner was. Oh, I don't think anyone <laughs> needs to know who Joel Turner is. I just don't because I'm... It potentially might go on shitty song of the week next <laughs> next year. But librarian, encyclopedic knowledge of mm. music, even the bad albums, and he feels that he yeah. can defend defend some bad of the worst albums. music albums by various artists. That's right. And he gave us a list of about 30? Six, oh, more than that. It was closer to 60, <laughs> I think. 60 albums. 
60 albums of terrible individual albums by, across the board, pretty well-known bands. Yeah, I, I included some of some albums that were just uh, renowned as the worst of all time. Some that are just bad albums by good bands. Mm. Um, and some that um, maybe a bit of personal opinion, but I just don't like them. But the twist is coming. The twist is coming. But, so we're, we've decided, look, we thought Kieran selected out of that big list of mm-hmm. 60 plus albums, three albums that we're going to discuss today. Now, Kieran and I have listened to them. Yeah. We believe, they're much sh- like the critics, yeah, that they- these are terrible albums. They're terrible, that's right. But the librarian believes he can swing us the other way, swing my vote, mm-hmm. swing your vote, yeah. and the audience's vote to say, yes, these albums are actually worth your time, worth a listen. Yeah. You know, get them on record, get them on vinyl, and sit down, smoke a joint, and listen to them. Pretty much. That's really what you're trying to convince us. Yeah. Um, Have a good Sunday listening to to these these albums. Well, which which album did did you have a preference of which one we started with? Um, no. Um, <laughs> did you, Kieran? Do you have a, uh, which one that you I, have? I, do, I, you I have some strong opinions about one. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we leave that till last then, so you can? Okay. Let's start with David Bowie's. Let's start with David Bowie. Never Let Me Down album. Yeah, okay. David Bowie, Never Let Me Down. All uh, right, so in defense of um, 80s Bowie, huh? Yeah. An album that he publicly apologized for after releasing it was that bad. Just because it's bad. Just because he apologized for it, sorry. He apologized. Doesn't mean it's still not bad. And there's one <laughs> song that he won't even let be in the album anymore. Hmm. Oh, I didn't even find that out. Which, el- which song is that one? Uh, that is... Oh, is it Glass Spider? Yeah, that <laughs> one. Is, the spider, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the worst song I've ever listened to by <laughs> David Bowie. Mm. Um, look, as, as a lot of... The, the biggest complaint I had about this album, apart from Peter Frampton wailing on guitar through the whole album like he was paid per the note, mm-hmm. was the ungodly length of every single song. What every single song was over five minutes. Yeah, well, it does have a very well, it's what, nineteen eighty seven? Still trying to fit a record on a record. <laughs> 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 you know, nineteen eighty seven and he, and he's trying to return to the rock and roll. He is trying to return to the rock and roll, but he's also trying to it, I wouldn't really say that album was rock and roll. No. It was very eighties. But yeah. you look at some of the eighties bands that had survived the 70s yeah. that were doing all right in the 80s you look at yes you look at um bands like buggles who pretty much are yes in a different name well, asia major. who were pretty much king crimson the difference between yes asia and the buggles compared to david bowie is david bowie primarily across the board is very pop orientated and asia is and yes are definitely about the 42-minute uh, full album's worth of one song. Well, I think Bowie compromised and went for five minutes. Five minutes. <laughs> he said, that's, that's enough. That's, you is- know what? All of these songs sounded like what Iron Maiden do now. There was no... Asia songs go, yes, I'm going to go... There's, 50, there's 20... Asia songs which, go, yes, or yes well, songs go, Asia. A bit of both, actually, <laughs> depending on who's in the band at the time. Both of them go... We've got lots of riffs, we've got lots of ideas, lots of changing this and that. David Bowie decided, hey, I'm going to do Iron Maiden before Iron Maiden 
become the 2000 innovative what an innovation amazing (laughs) what an artist and go i'm just gonna repeat the chorus forty thousand times yeah uh here's a chorus that you could never forget Mm. zero here's my zero again (laughs) i'm sure you heard that song and all that's the only thing i remembered from that song there oh fun fact the album was number six. I'm actually helping Berger here. Was number six in the UK. That doesn't screen quality. <laughs> it was number six. And it was also considered a commercial success. Yeah. Why Sebastian's first album was number one in Australia. <laughs> Just because it sits on the chart does not... King Crimson's In the Court of the Crimson King did not reach the top 40. But it is a quality album. I have to say, it is... Um, it is a shit album out of, of all of the albums. Okay. Change my opinion. All right. Um, David Bowie can do some wrong. Okay. I'm not going to deny that. Uh, David but- Bowie had Even a bad he year. agreed that this was wrong. Yeah. Well, yeah. But sometimes what's so wrong can sometimes feel so right. Um, so Bowie, after this album, Excellent. he... he Excellent. T- <laughs> Excellent. Well, next album. <laughs> I, I, that's the end of the bit thank you for coming <laughs> I'm um, going to argue that he actually got worse after this album his albums throughout the not, 90s that's not, that's not the, what the argument is the argument is that this album in particular is bad I'm not saying it's his best but I'm also not saying it's his worst I'm saying it's that wasn't the assignment <laughs> I have a lot more research to do Yeah, I, wanna, I just want to bring it down to because I, I focus I, I want to talk fo- primarily about the singles yeah yeah because I figure people might have heard the singles. Probably not. Probably not. But it might have, if, if, if any of these are... The three singles that he released from this album. There it is. Yeah. And um, I don't know what it is, but I think he decided he wanted to return to a rock roots, like you mm. said. And then goes, who's the most rock artist I know for my single? Never let me down. I know it's Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons and then put on the worst Frankie Valley voice I've ever heard and try to sing the whole song like that. Yeah, he's timeless. <laughs> timeless. He's timeless. Even- he incorporates, yeah, vocals from the 50s, instrumentation from the 80s. He's <laughs> yeah. got his 70s roots behind him it's- that have never left him. They've never let him down. Ah, he, he's the spaceman. Like, this, oh, yeah. no, this, is, this is like me going to get a Palmer, but they've tried to make the Palmer Asian fusion. <laughs> Wow, it's not going to work. More succinct than I thought it would be. <laughs> That's a very clear picture in my mind. <laughs> that is the album to me. It's not Asian fusion. You can't Asian fusion a, a Palmer. No, <laughs> I think David Bowie would disagree when he made um, when he um, released China Girl. I was going to so. say China Girl was a, <laughs> was a song. Um, all right, I don't I don't understand why he even the synth sounds. This was the end of the 80s. Oh. Early 80s, lots of bad synth sounds. Right? Yeah. By the end of the 80s, we were starting to learn that, hey, we could actually make these synths sound pretty decent. You know? I mean, it's so Party All the Time by <laughs> Eddie Murphy. It's bad. Mm-hmm. But these synth sounds um, are either the cheapest Casio keyboard they had, or David Bowie was definitely on every single drug he knew. Is that a bad thing? Well, he yes, because re- <laughs> the synth sound. Rec- the songs are 14 hours long. He recorded it in three different locations. Well, that doesn't mean anything. Yes, it does. Well, re- Stick to the one location, record it, and move on. And that's the philosophy of music. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if you have to leave? What if you're on the road? What if you're busy? We've recorded a podcast in two different locations. <laughs> yeah, we have. But shush, shush. <laughs> and it was the same episode too. Like, you were at your house. We had a guest in it. Um, let's talk about Glass Spider for just a yeah, minute. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, do we have a clip? Uh, no, we don't have a clip. Okay. I should have bought more clips. I've only got clips for the ne- the Rage Against the Machine album, which we're going to talk about next. Uh look, I, it is pretentious. I think Evening understands that. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to push past it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to focus in. Maybe he is trying to say something with the lyrics. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a two-minute intro talking thing over some bad synth. that is about trying to tell me about this mythical glass spider. Mm -hmm. And then there's the (laughs) other half of the song that has no mention (laughs) of a glass spider. Yeah. Now, um... That's prog. It's prog. It's yeah. pure prog. It's pure prog. It's pure 80s prog. Give me an example of another prog song that even does anything close to basically just being two songs stuck together. Um, oh, well, lots of them have done that. King Crimson did it on In the Court of the Crimson King. They had the, the big rock ballad, and then it just goes into weird noodling. Mm. And it never resolved. It just kind of burnt out from there. It's two ideas stuck into one. Yeah, but that, that's, I think that's just how Robert Fripp's mind is. It's how David Bowie's mind is. No, no, because there's a lot of crappy pop songs. And, there's a lot of pop songs, not crappy, but just pop songs in general that definitely have a distinct finishing and ending. I think this was just, he needed to get an album out. He thought he had some great mystical ideas. And I think this was just, he's got to get it out. It was good in his head. But not in reality. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, he's just come I off. I feel like we've done a lot of the talking. You need to really, you know, change yeah, yeah. our mind here. Just um, is this a lot more information than you thought we'd come with? By well, the way? no. All I've done is listen to the music. That's right. <laughs> oh, right <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> and convince myself to enjoy it. But <laughs> contextually, to, to be fair, you didn't think that I A would have actually done anything. <laughs> so then you thought you're just battling Turch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to be the comic relief. <laughs> But like, I feel like I'm the comic relief. <laughs> <laughs> Contextually, Bowie, right? Uh-huh. Genius at his craft. He's just come off um, the the Fantastic Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. What a film. Mm-hmm. Did a great job. Mm-hmm. Playing with his balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he's still in that whimsical universe, yeah? What, uh, wanting to have sex with an underage girl. So you're saying he's he's got so much... Legacy's not the right word, but he's got so much... No, he has legacy. He's got so much oomph behind him that he can, he can just fuck off for a year, make his shitty album, and it doesn't matter. His ratings are going to reduce See, by the 1%. Only way, the only way he could have made this album better is right at the end he goes, and Mick Jagger and I had sex. And that would have made the album <laughs> listenable, just to get to that bit right at the end. Just to clear all Just to clear it rumors. up, like, fuck it, we did it, yeah. next. Yeah, yeah push on to the next album instead he didn't do that but that's the enigma of bowie there are so many things we don't really know about him he we did. don't know why he made this album but he did <laughs> contracts yeah. that's what it is yeah, but yeah. he's 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 been in the field for nearly 20 years or over 20 years by this stage he can and would do whatever he wanted and he did yeah, so and Michael he didn't Jackson, but he still like contractual obligations to record albums well i don't know <laughs> that's true I've done well yeah but he, well, <laughs> 
Uh, no, like I've got some other albums on that on my list that we might do another time that are contractual obligation okay. albums, and they really push it to the limits. Well, let's push it to the next album then. Yeah. That's well, have I convinced you? Is it no, a good album? No, no, it's, no, a, no it's, it's a, a shit album. album. Yeah. yeah. Boring, long, repetitive, droning, and uh, no aim. Would you prefer listening to his '90s industrial metal albums? Perfectly honest. I sort of drop off after the the eighty like mid eighties and that's about that's about it. So me. it gets worse from there. Well, we could bring it in another <laughs> time. That's another episode. That's thing is though that people like those awful albums and I don't. Well, there you go. Well, we'll, we'll convince you. People are weird. Rage yeah. Against the Machine mm. is the next album that we had to listen to. I was going to say, speaking of uh, contractually obligated to complete an album, yeah, Renegades, Renegades. Now, this is a complete album full of covers. Yes. I don't know if you know that. Here I was going to say, I didn't know. Okay, so I actually didn't mind it. Okay. <laughs> but now that I know that it's probably covers. It is. All, yeah. Every single song is uh, a cover. Yeah. And that's my beef. I'm going to get stuck right into this. <laughs> Hang on. We're swapping around here. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is good. This is good cop, a- bad cop. Is now, we've now swapped. <laughs> okay. The, the cover album. Yeah. It's got such a bad rap in the music industry. You do a cover album, you're written off yeah. artistically. You're, you're, you're out of ideas. You've got nothing else left. You, you go back to your roots and sing songs that inspired you in your, in your teenage years. Um, and that's all you've got left as a musician. But they are good. They can be good. Some of them are really fantastic. Oh, see... I, I'm of the opinion, yes, a cover out al- covering songs on an album can be good. And I always go back my ber- best example of that is Credence. Every album they always had a cover. Mm-hmm. And they released But they do it in their style. Yeah. Which is you know, Ooh, yeah. Which is which is so, what you want in a cover. Well, Wonder who else did it in their style. Hmm. Credence always did like two songs right. and then a a, a cover like they did uh I put a spell on you, and they did a couple of other great covers. Of Heard songs. through the grapevine. Exactly right, but they always one did it in their style, and two, it was always part of an album. Mm-hmm. You know, the album that is only covers starts to lean to for me towards a cover band. Now, yes, you can do it in your own style, but there are so many ska bands out there that do. Take on me, including mm-hmm. my own, mm-hmm. in a scar style. That yeah, but your band's just covers. Exactly right. You're just a cover band. Exactly. Or I feel like Metal Archie, which is a Mexicans like you know mariachi band that covers all the metal tunes. You know, but now, are they? Is that a gimmick or Richard is that cheese? Yeah, almost to the Richard Cheese level now. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know, and that's where that Rage Against the Machine was was sort of going. I think. Except for one song, which they didn't do at all in their style at all. In fact, they purposely, I feel like they purposely made a song worse. Which one are you talking about? A little Devo number. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping it was going to be that. <laughs> Called Beautiful World. Yep, yep, now, yep, yep. The yep. original Beautiful World yep. is 80s cheese. Perfect 80s cheese. Yep. And not only that. A funky, fun, upbeat song. Yeah. And it's almost ironic. Yeah. In its naming. Uh Uh-huh. But by making it very similar to the slow ballad piano versions of 
the Ghostbusters theme and Star <laughs> Wars. You're getting to... You don't get it. I think that... Yeah. Now, funnily enough, this is actually my cousin Damien covering it. And you can't tell the difference between him and Tom Morello, who is the worst guitarist in the world. <laughs> he's got a good effects pedal. <laughs> he's got one. <laughs> I used to have it. <laughs> I don't know. It's a beautiful And if anything else, this is proof that Zach actually can't sing. This is not a hard song to sing. Like, Devo aren't the great, like, they're fantastic musicians in their own right, but they're not very strong singers. But he could still hold some sort of melody. He couldn't hit any of the notes. Yeah, I think. Here go. Here's the original. Oh, that's fun. Oh, I'm not going to lie, I'm bopping. <laughs> I am bopping. I'm glad. I'm sort of bringing you over to my bad side here. <laughs> no, I'm going to shut you down in a sec. You've got the biggest smile on your face <laughs> right now. <laughs> Have you ever heard the original of this? No, this no. is the first time. You're loving it. <laughs> yeah, I've got to agree. I'm agreeing with you now that the, the Rage Against the Machine's Beautiful World shit. It's garbage. Yeah. yeah. It's not. Okay, I'll tell you well, why. No, please, please. Yes, it's very simple. He's gone for a vocal technique that's... Very rustic. Yeah, borderline just whispering. He's... He, he is the person that I would say when someone's playing sport and is yelling at the referee and umpire and bashing up the other team, I would call them they're passionate. Yeah, exactly. He's very they're a very passionate band. Yeah, very rustic. What they've done with this, they have they, they they've captured the irony in a different way. It's almost like um taking it back to Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World. Mm-hmm. It can be interpreted like if you listen to Nick Cave and um Shane McGowan's version, it's very oh, melancholy. Carly Minogue there for a second. No, 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 no. <laughs> Subtly different song. Yeah. Um, they've done it in a very melancholy um, emotive way that makes you think maybe it's not such a wonderful world. There's a lot of pain and suffering going on. Yeah, I do this, like the Nick Cave version though. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, Rage have tried to capture that in a different way. Yes, the song is ironic already, but they've just flipped the irony on its head and stripped it back. They're singing about this beautiful world, but it's not a beautiful song anymore. So it's just, just negative... Yeah, it's negative energy. I, I think you have just we, given me what the fucking history department or social sciences do. Crap. You've just given me crap. <laughs> yeah, socialism was never bad. Like, that's, how, <laughs> that's what I'm hearing at the moment there. Um, now, for the, No, interesting perspective. That, that is interesting. For a very politically... <laughs> I just feel like it was one take. They just, you know... Is this Rick Rubin behind the desk as well? Yeah, so I think and it was very, very loud. <laughs> the whole album. Yes, it is. Except for that bit, which is why it stands out. Which well, is why you still, remembered it's it. It's still loud when I shoved it into the, into my into my digital audio workstation here. Mm-hmm. But I still felt like it was. We're the only two in the studio. We need three minutes more of a song to put on our covers record because he's contractually obligated to record ten songs. Hey, we can cover this in literally two and a half minutes. But let's put it on the. The record. Don't forget that they were breaking up when they were making this album. Then why? This, apart from contractual obligations, why, 
Why? Why even make? Why, why cover this one? Or we have to write an intimate. Well, song? because as you said, they had a contract. They're breaking up. They need to get a song there. That's true. And then they just go. You know what? We know we did a bad job, but we've got spin doctors who are going to say yes. We've flipped it. So it's not a beautiful world, but it is a beautiful world. Aha. But you also look at the context of where it sits within their other choices. You look at so many cover albums and it's just songs that I liked. Look at David Bowie's pinups album. Pepsi it was- Max album top 20 Pepsi Max hits. That's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like a, a compilation album, not a, a covers album. Yeah, no, you, know. Like you look at Bowie's pinups, it was... Clearly just songs he listened to as a teenager that yeah. he wanted to have a turn at doing. Yeah. He's this the king of can I have a turn? Yeah. Hanging out with Arcade Fire and the Polyphonic Spree. It's just him in the background going, oh, can I play too? <laughs> it's... <laughs> <laughs> they've taken influences from everywhere. They've got hip hop. They've got obscure 80s songs. Like that was not a big hit. Yeah. Devo were, were always kind of left field. Mm. Um, they've got... But metal, De- they've but got Devo hardcore were, punk. What you said before, Devo were made a cult band. Exactly. And so they may not have been enormous. And they're so often um, described as a one-hit wonder. Yeah, it's true. Whip It is a great song, though. It is a great song, and it may have been their only hit, but mm. their their back catalogue of, of albums is just fantastic. Too, I remember. They yeah, did, they've uh, done Hendrix as uh, you experienced. Oh, what's the one I'm thinking Satisfaction, of? Rolling Stones, of, yeah. Which I, think, I don't think is a good cover i don't like that song anyway that's a good cover yeah that's a great cover the the cover of it's better than the original song but i don't like the original song fair enough makes that uh for a bunch of guys that are really into social progress for a bunch of white guys that said nigger a lot (laughs) and here's a compilation So, <laughs> how do you defend that? <laughs> it, it wouldn't sit well in today's society. Um, lot, lots of white rappers would say that in the 90s. On record? Yeah. Yeah, like who? Eminem? No, he's never said it. Oh, yes, he has. No, which song? Come on. I don't know. I don't know. He's back catalogue. We can do him another day <laughs> if you want. It's encore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which I, well, I won't even be able to say this. <laughs> Why didn't they just use the word Caucasian? Is Zach De La Rocca even white? No, he's like Mexican. Oh. Which is, and so is Tom Morello. And mm. the other guys are definitely just white guys. Well, they're not the ones saying it. Yeah, but it's the context. Isn't the whole band saying it? I don't think so. Mm. They probably have allowed it at least, but they're not the ones saying it. Um, yeah, like the, the, the context has really changed. And that's, a, that's the problem that all, these kinds of things are being... Held by today's standards, I do I think. think it's unfair to hold something that was made back then to today's standards. Yeah, it's a tough debate. Um, and so, some something, some people and organisations do it really well where they um, won't cancel it out of existence, but they'll just acknowledge that it was wrong then, it's wrong now, but we're still going to... But it's the same sort of... I guess the issue is with, at, at that time they were still as political as they are now, especially when it comes to the social justice aspect. And I can't believe that they thought it was socially acceptable on their record, at that even at that time, with their political beliefs, to actually say that word multiple times. Yes, it is a cover, but as we've seen recently, 
Kendrick Lamar wouldn't even let oh, yes. a white woman say it uh-huh. on stage, and that was part of the song. Mm-hmm. And she he invited her to come on stage to sing the song. So I find that almost, again, I find their political views pretty average, best because you know, especially now when they're charging four hundred dollars a ticket to go see Tom Tom Morello play the same three chords over and over. Um, I, I find it even hypocritical back then, and I don't think if this album was if that song was a single or that cover was released on its own, I don't think it would have got the I don't think it would have slipped under the radar as much. Yeah, I don't know. Like nineteen ninety eight, what we 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 were kids back then. I really don't know what the social mm. system was like at the time <laughs> yeah. in regards to to popular music I mean, using all, all we language about like was candy. Well, yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I really don't know. I don't know how it was received back then. I don't know. Like people, I don't know, things like that seem to pop up every now and then. And mm. I know that, um, I don't know, Rage Against the Machine, the people that should know what they stand for, mm. criticize them for their views being almost anti-American and um, anti-establishment. Like that, that's their thing. It's And people... Well, Still well, try to hold them accountable, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll take it." It's funny that they they say that they're anti-establishment and they're socialists. It's they're not. Well, yeah, they changed the lyrics. Fuck you! I won't do what you tell me because the record company told them they had to. Yeah, but it's mm. still on the record. <laughs> it's not on the single. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, but do you know how many lyrics they bopped out of the? Uh, they had to beep out of the, uh, the song. WAP WAP. Yeah, well, and that just makes the song unlistenable. A lot yeah. of Eminem songs, speaking of that, of course, the songs that a lot of words were taken out of that. Yep, they took out the uh, in in WAP the when she goes, I want you to touch that big dang big dangly thing at the end at the back of my throat. They beat that out, mm. and I'm like, well, that's not even your uvula. Yeah, <laughs> like, they'll they'll beat that out, but. My milkshakes bring all the boys to the yard. Well, that's very subversive. Mm. <laughs> well, even Is allowed post nine eleven, um, Electric Six's gay bar got um, mm. censored for the lyric "Let's start a war." Mm. They got rid of the word "war." Mm. Couldn't say "war." Couldn't say "bomb." Right. Oh, that's half of the catalogue of Rage Against the Machine. It's gone. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 side note: um, What was your first album you ever bought? First album I ever bought, yeah. uh, the Beatles Magical Mystery Tour. Oh, good album. Yeah. Yeah, you touch. Uh, but the first CD I bought is the first thing I can remember. And I was, I downloaded a whole bunch of Frank Zappa. Uh-huh. And the only one I couldn't download was Uncle Meat. Oh, right. <laughs> was the first one I You're bought. a few years younger than us. You were in the down, illegal download category. Yeah, yeah. We had to go out and buy records. Yeah. What was your first record? That Pepsi you Max. <laughs> uh, can we talk about Kick Out the Jams, which is one of the the best, I guess, pre-punk. Yeah. Pre- well, proto punk. Proto punk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, why co- did they slow it down by about twenty to thirty BPM? Um, to get that groove feel, to get that real nineties groove feel. But, Groove metal was in. They were taking it on board. It's a very similar cover version, except for that slightly slowed down. Oh, look! It's basically tempo. the same song, yeah. except for the BPM. But the energy behind the BPM 
and then you know you listen to the live version to kick out the jams and it's also about 400 bpm oh yeah that, that, that's <laughs> just chaos it's it's a fantastic record um mc5 i think that yeah i think they i think they missed i think they missed it on that that record there's a lot of look there's some apart from every single riff sounding basically the same because tom morello doesn't know how to change any of the settings on his amplifier mm-hmm. um a lot of the riffs do ve- sound very similar I think you could probably mash a lot of these up together mm-hmm. and you probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I wanted to do that. I just didn't have the time. <laughs> so I had another album to listen to. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I, not a strong... strong well, yeah, song. it's not the only song they did that with as well. I found their cover of um, uh, Minor Threats um, in my eyes to be quite similar. Another one. Um, the original recording, really raw... Um, Really just kind of, it sounds like a one-take song. They were a, kind of a one-take band, really DIY. And they've just cleaned it up, mm. slowed it down a very little bit, taken the structure and really made it crisp. Mm. Which kind of takes away the essence of the original recording. But it's 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 rage. It's their sound. It's like ACDC have been doing their sound for 45 years and oh, rage is... Yeah, Rage are doing the same. They've done the same thing only for like eight years, but I think yeah, I think I think that's probably why they burnt out the way they did. They, because that was so hyper politicized in their lyrics all mm-hmm. the way through, you can't sustain that. I mean, Chumbawamba tried, yeah. and then they had to release uh, um, Tub Thumping, which is sort of I feel like but, proto-political. But, uh, I feel like yeah, the, the politically the the political songs, some of them are really good. Oh, oh yeah, I'm I'm a fan. Yeah. I'm a big yeah. fan. And Tub Thumping was written and released to prove how easy it is to write a hit yes. song. And the whole album was. There yeah, was another one, another song of that one, which was the football chant song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. Had on it. Yeah. The whole album was like that. But yeah, Tub Thumping. And it's just, it's just a. Um, I don't know. They they're get the folk. last laugh because it worked. Well, they're doing folk songs now, so they. Can't. Well, they, yeah, they've always done folk songs. Yeah, they've sure. been a, a narco punk band. They've been. Big stadium pop band. They've done a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm. Kieran, you like this album. I don't huh? know. Yeah. I, I'm still not convinced because I think that... Back to I, Rage. Yeah, like, rage. Right, right. <laughs> We're not talking about Chumbawamba anymore. <laughs> we, we, we could do, continue on to... Well, like, we sort of... Do, uh, we have to bring it back for Kieran. I think, this, I think Rage Against the Machine is, is one of those... I feel it's like in the same vein as Nirvana. They've had they had like three albums, maybe four if you count like this one here and Nirvana's like live album, acoustic <laughs> album, right? And it's really good for when you're a teenager. Yeah. And then you re-listen to it as an adult and you go, mm, yeah, it's a bit. But yeah. it, but it really suits the the teenager though. Yeah. Because t- teenagers are going through that you know life's crap, life's miserable. You know they can listen to listen to these bands and and absorb it and go yeah they get whereas, me at the moment. Whereas on the other end of the spectrum, I didn't get Pearl Jam and Soundgarden when I was younger. Now I'm like actually you know. As soon as I became a dad, I was just a Pearl Jam fan. <laughs> Pearl Jam, I, I'm yeah, a Pearl Jam yeah, fan. Yeah, Something yeah. happened. I did that with Soundgarden. Yeah. Out of nowhere, I was like Chris Cornell is the greatest singer. Been rocking the. That's weird days. because I have become a Pearl Jam fan in the last <laughs> couple of years. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is I'm. I'm digging this. They're my fa- they're my favorite rock country band. I'm gonna put it out there. They are just a country band. Mm. The more you listen to them, especially now with their like eight guitarists on stage or whatever. Oh yeah, got. yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. The work they did with Neil Young just kind of proves that. 
So I'm not a fan of the Rage Against the Machine album. I wouldn't listen to it again. I would. I, I there's some really great the the essence of their inspirations are really great. So you could make a compilation of the original recordings. It would be very mishmash. You've got mm. Eric B and Rakeem to Minor Threat. Mm-hmm. Doesn't go together. But when Rage does it, it brings it all into one Rage sounding sound. I gotta admit, I didn't they mind it. Sound the same. I didn't mind it. Yeah. Didn't mind it. There you go. The last album! I think, okay, I, I didn't get. I don't have enough notes on this, this album here, but I think you do, Kieran. I think you have enough to sort of. Well, um, I don't, but. Because I'm going to be very concise. Uh, the last album is Weezer. Mm hmm. Uh, what was the album title? Was Ratitude. 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 Yeah. Ratitude. Now, what was the most popular song from Weezer? Buddy Holly. Probably, yeah. Their first two albums are just masterpieces. Yeah. Like I Pink remember, I remember Weezer. Like I remember being a kid and going, like, I like this band. Yeah, yeah. this band is really cool. Haven't listened to Weezer <laughs> ever like, since. Ever since until it was like, okay, now you got to listen to Weezer for the podcast. Um, what happened? What a shit album! Like, I mean, every fucking song sucks balls. <laughs> wow, this is a this is a far more negative reaction to me not liking Rage <laughs> Against the Machine. This is like visceral. Um, so what have you found? What what what's the problem? It's Weezer, man. As you said, as you said before, we came onto the podcast for men who are in their forties. They've got to let go of the fucking past. They're lyric- they they are too old to be singing what they're singing about. Okay. It is shit. Shit a song, I don't want to let you... Was it I don't want to let you go? You're going to put a snippet on? While you research it, I happen to know something about Weezer, and this is all I could think about when I was listening to the album, is that... Uh, who's the lead singer? Rivers Cuomo. Rivers Cuomo. Mm-hmm. He doesn't write stories within lyrics or or anything like that really what he does is he just finds the best words with the syllables Mm -hmm. to fill the space yeah and so here it is lyrics don't make sense i'm sorry this just this just sounds like i've i've got the keyboard i've got the keyboard i mean with no music and i've just pushed the i've pushed the button and now i'm getting a tune I feel like I could sing this. And sing it. <laughs> it's, it's shit. It's shit. I mean, it's the one for it, it six, is, five chord progression. Yeah. It, is just sh- it is just crap. Okay. You need to take a step back and yeah. think about what you said about Rage. Right. What did I say about rage? You said that it captures the essence of being young and angsty. Mm-hmm. This is no different. This is music written about 13, 14 year olds and their experiences. Now, this is someone has written the fucking music for them and have, just like the fucking, was it the Beatles? And said, whoa, 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 whoa. Here, sing whoa. this. No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay. no. The Beatles weren't. All their own songs. Uh, no, sorry, no, no, no they didn't. Like, no, I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking of another. No, they had a lot of covers, but well, yeah. sorry, they okay. did them well. Right. I'm thinking of another. I'm, 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 I'm like angry Justin at the moment. Bieber, maybe. Well, you know what? 
it's it's I kind of a fair there's point. There's a band back then that I can't think of the name. Hanson? No, <laughs> back when the Beatles were around. Monkeys. The monkeys. Sorry, oh, the monkeys. I meant the monkeys, not the hell. Beatles. We got this, there. This is like the monkeys. The monkeys wrote songs by the end, I think. Yes, and of course yeah. they did. They were uh, fantastic. Someone has written it for them and said, "Now, now, go do it." Partly true. No artist <laughs> integrity whatsoever. Partly true. What they did with this album was they did a lot more collaboration than they used to do. They did get pop producers in to mm-hmm. collaborate with. Mm-hmm. So it does have a very It's very shiny. Pop it's sound. Very, yeah, it's really... The production is almost to that level of overproduction. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And that's deliberately the ding, sound ding, that... Ding, 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 ding. Well, yeah, pressing that's... one fucking piano chord. Yeah. Now, my pro- key, whatever it's called. Yeah. My problem with this, though, is that Weezer, you look at their first two albums. You've got the Blue Album and you've got Pinkerton. Absolute masterpieces. Mm-hmm. No, like, no one would disagree. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, they had a couple of great singles, albums maybe um, some better than others, but then they just went on a decline. Very, that, very quickly. Yeah. Very steep. Yeah. See, we all remember this song. Yeah. Um, so. Great, great song. I think the problem I have with Weezer is they they did that decline, and instead of going, hey, maybe we should change something, stop being a band, develop, yeah, or develop my sound to the next level, they said they go, well, we'll just do the same. But that's the thing today, yeah. Like they're doing it now with like when they covered Toto with Weird Al. Uh huh. It just sounded like Toto playing. Yeah, but. There was, it, I think, the lack of growth, especially at this stage. I think the fans, from the reviews that I've read, the fans seem to be in the same boat. It's like, well, there's no, there's not much development within the band. Like again, Rivers Cuomo is still writing lyrics that aren't, don't make any sense, but he's just trying to fill the, the bar, the meter, that suits his vocal palette yeah. best. Uh he's not like you know. None of the bands are overly like talent, like not talented, probably bad word, but like um, technically advanced musicians. So there's no like amazing guitar solo on one track that you've got to listen to, or one amazing vocal part or a drum fill you've got to hear. A lot of it is four to the floor, like you know, rock drumming, simple chords on a strat or a tally or a Mustang, and you know, and I think at this stage of their career, people were getting tired of it, except for those diehard fans who really still love Pinkerton. But that's the thing that you never got when you've made masterpiece after masterpiece so early in your Mm. musical career, you're not going to top that. You're never going to top that. But you're still committed and passionate about the music you're going to make and you're going to make it. And you're going to make your music because you've made your money. Not have someone fucking write the music for you. They didn't write it for them. It. They collaborated. You had to collaborate. Yeah, it's, don't, don't, don't give me this collaboration bullshit. What? It's not what happened. <laughs> what were you there? <laughs> I, I librarian. Oh, yeah, here I am. I know how the world. Are works. you the reason the album's so bad? Yeah, when, <laughs> finally, we did it. When when you're that successful. You pass it off to someone else. No, if you're that they successful, they don't have integrity. No, there yes. is no integrity there. There is in integrity that album. because lack of integrity. They should have got David Bowie in, and <laughs> standing at the back him. saying, "Can I play too?" Yeah, I can yeah. respect Frampton do some wailing guitar. I, I can respect David feel? David Bowie's shit album because at least he sort of did it. So I Whereas swayed this, you. 
This Weezer. No collaborate. <laughs> this Weezer. <laughs> they they just let other people take over. They were lazy. Well, the thing is, we, they've they've reached the top. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've got one of the great. Two of the great albums of the 90s yep. that are now timeless. Mm-hmm. Every teenager should listen to them. Mm-hmm. Now they're making music whether people are listening or not. Rivers Cuomo, he's a weird dude. He's pretty they've eccentric. They've sold out. They've sold so- out. I think, I but think the thing the is, they're not selling. I think the so hardest, it doesn't matter. They don't I care. Think the hardest part for me was the realisation that um, Rivers Cuomo was actually Kurt Cobain. Now, the thing is, like, Kurt Cobain killed himself, apparently, but suddenly, you know, Weezer suddenly get a record deal? Really? That basically just do a non-loud version of Nirvana? Another four-piece band playing Mustang guitars? You're making excellent points here, and Turch. basically the same, thi- same sort of vocal thing, just filling in the gaps with nonsensical lyrics and quick four-chord pop songs? I'm going to say... This is probably why he doesn't care. Because he actually is Kurt Cobain, or vice versa. Wait, are you saying literally? Or... Yes. <laughs> so you think it's the same person? It's absolutely the same person. I'm going to play it again. <laughs> shit. Just shit. And you know what, though? This this album was released in 2009. They've released a ton of albums since then, knowing that this album got such poor reviews. A lot of their albums have been really bad since then as well, apparently. I disagree. But it just goes to show that they will not stop what they're doing. They're making music for themselves, and they don't care who's listening. They've got a name for themselves. People know that they're around, and they'll listen if they want, and they're still they're kicking off. They're off their off their off their... Um... Uh, early success, and they really don't give a fuck about anything else. No, why would they? They just need something to fill in the day. Yeah. It's their nine-to-five job. Really, they are the Mike Moore of music. They're the Weezer of music. (laughs) You guys have really got to watch Frontline. Is this Weezer? He doesn't have the scream. He doesn't have that, that guttural scream. And it's a ruse. Yeah, backtracking a little bit on something you said and earlier. We all know that that uh, Dave Roll did the screams in the back. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> you conspiracy theorist. <laughs> um, if you want some musical virtuosity from Weezer, you go. You backtrack a little bit to their Red album and listen to the greatest man that ever lived. It's a five-minute song. It changes oh, about eight long. or nine. Cha- oh, all right, go King Crimson. Says the person who does an hour podcast. <laughs> it, it's about as long as a David Bowie song. Uh-huh. And <laughs> on a good day, <laughs> it will blow your mind. Some of the things that they can do. It changes about eight or nine times. There's a lot of ideas going on, but they nail it. What's this song called? The Greatest Man That Ever Lived. The Greatest Man That Ever Lived. Yep. 
And that's actually about Kurt Cobain. Uh, <laughs> so, Kieran, have you been persuaded to like this album? No, no, I haven't. It's I'm going to give it a, a, another listen because I, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a star because I feel like with my, the movies that I watch, I know the star system. Okay, the movies that you watch. Um, what's your favorite teen movie? Hang on. Like Fat Greg Wedding. Can you not interrupt me while I'm trying to give a I will interrupt you. Okay. What, what, what's this your favorite is, teen movie? You like Superbad? This is You're a Superbad fan, I can tell you are. I have not confirmed or denied whether I like Superbad. Yeah. Those those like movies that thrown, are clearly I made don't like being thrown on the spot when I haven't had time to prep about though, my favorite teen yeah. movie, which we haven't specified is it from twelve to eighteen. Because or, or nineteen, <laughs> because because there are many different genres of films in there. My answer for twelve or thirteen or fourteen is going to be very different to eighteen or nineteen. It's very specific, and, and you know, overall. My point is that those that genre of mu- that genre of film uh-huh, uh-huh. was made for teenagers, yeah. about teenagers, by yeah. men, white men who are thirty plus years old. Uh-huh. Yeah, if white they can men. do it and make a film. For teenagers, why can't Weezer old, make an album for teenagers? Seth Rogen. Old no school, great Seth Rogen. film. Yeah. Great film, loved old school. I'm going to give Weezer, um, <laughs> a, out of five stars, I'm going to give it half a star. Half you star. doctored half a star after my <laughs> analogy of it being the musical equivalent of a teen movie. Half a star. I, I, well, there's a few reasons why it's been doctored. Would you consider Sound of Music a teen film? Because it does have... It is about a bunch of teens. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> Just bring like comedy back. Come on. <laughs> you got a couple of songs. I am 16. Going on 17. Gonna marry a Nazi. All right. Uh, I'm going to give this one another listen because I think that. How many I- stars, Church? I'm going to go straight in the middle, two and a half, only because I think. That oh, you consensus whore. Because I just, I, I want to give it another listen because I, I haven't listened to Weezer in a very long time. I think I only listened to like the first two albums. I think I need a little bit more context for this one here. Like the David Bowie one, I listened to and I'm like this is like unco- like this is I went went for a walk. David Bowie is getting four stars compared to this Weezer album. This wow. Weezer album. Is, is the Rage Against the Machine shocking. one was, I think, the worst one for me. Right. And then the David Bowie one, but the, the, very close. But the Weezer one, I'm going to give another listen to. Mm. That's what I'm sort of mm. well, this. I've got you on two out of three, so I'm happy with that. Yeah. What? I've got you on two no, out no, of three. No, no, no. Don't, don't mix. Don't put words in my mouth. Uh, you just said you gave David Bowie four stars. No, I said compared to, to Weezer... David Bowie was so, so like, good. So it's four times as good. It's like yeah, a two but stars. it's still. But shit. compared to anything, anything else could be good. But it's still, it's still shit. <laughs> wow, that's how we do comparisons. Yeah. <laughs> so really, really, and then okay, so David Bowie's two you stars. Believe the minus half a star. David Beatles. Bowie gets one and a half stars. One and a half. Yeah, I, I'm sort of sitting like both the Rage Against the Machine album and and the David Bowie one giving you like a one star sort of vibe. Yeah, if. You think we're completely wrong and you side with the librarian, let us know at the we only do one take podcast at gmail.com. Absolutely, absolutely. Also send in your recommendations for bad albums that we can yeah. do this again to. We should do that. It's uh, fun. It's very fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad that we could convince you that they were shit. Uh, <laughs> and um What do you if you had to recommend like, you know, no no stars or anything, but yep. like which one 
out of those three albums, your one, two, three, which ones would you would you prefer to listen to and not listen to it again? Um, I would listen to Weezer again because yeah. it's the shortest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> David Bowie lost it. <laughs> I gotta admit, I didn't mind Rage. I like Rage. Yeah, I, li- I like that. I there's a, a that. few. There's a few bangers in there. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Can- if I'm gonna listen to Rage, I just won't listen to their their covers album. Whereas, like Weezer, I could listen to again, and I think I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind it. See, I think you're liking Weezer because you're a couple of years younger than us. You're part of the iGen generation. Uh, yeah. You know, and and you're sort of like going, "Wow, I ne- I sort of missed this." I need to listen to it again. I grew up with Weezer. I know Weezer. You were there when they recorded it. <laughs> and, and getting their songs off other people, apparently. <laughs> Just like the Beatles. <laughs> and with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to leave you right there for all your wanking needs. Make sure you follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you'd like to send us some hate mail, a death threat, a rant, or uh, an album for us to, you know, for the for the librarian to defend, yeah, and us to hopefully we should do this defend. again. This uh, is fun. Record it on your phone sure. and email us at we only do one take podcast at gmail Librarian, thank you so much for coming to the studio. Yeah. Your first time was a pleasant one. Um, wasn't that great? Can we do it again? Yeah, well, we'll do another we'll take. Do- <laughs> it's all right. Here, it's so good to have you back in the studio. Thank you, and we'll uh, see you next Thursday. Whenever we release this, I don't know. <laughs> How long did that go for? Yeah, 20. You cut it down to about an hour 19 and 47. <laughs> so I'm going to put my little stinger at the end of, uh, of uh, what's his name? Dennis Rodman. <laughs> I'll play it now. <laughs> have you, oh, you haven't heard Dennis Rodman, have you? Come on, man. Motherfuckers, guys. Come on. Give me the five-star rating, baby. Give me the five-star. That's all I want, baby. That's all I want. I'll fuck all the beautiful girls in the goddamn world. They'll fuck a ten-star. I just want five. Five, baby. Just five.